0: hi everyone welcome to the understand the bible podcast the sermon that you're about to listen to on galatians chapter 3 verses 15 to 22 is all about the law and we're thinking about the question that if we're not saved by keeping the law then why did god give it to us in the first place that's the question you might like to have a read of the passage galatians chapter 3 verses 15 to 22 Uh, you might like to have a read first or have it open in front of you just to remind you that there is more content available on YouTube and I'm currently working through a series called How to Live as a Christian. This week we were thinking about prayer and I did an interview with my friend Andy, a um, special guest interview. So you might like to, uh, to check that out. That's on the YouTube channel. That's youtube.com understandthebible the Bible. All the links will be down in the description below. Thanks so much everyone for joining me. I hope that you enjoy. God bless. We've been thinking about the race, we've been thinking about the law, is if we're not saved by keeping the law, then what is the point of the law? Now why is it there in the Bible? Which is a good question, isn't it? You know, can we just ignore it? And that is in fact, what some people do, um, do argue. Um, I remember mentioning a little while ago now but about um, Steve Chalk. You may have heard of him, um, but sadly he he has sort of gone a little bit off the rails, or quite a lot really. And he, he's talking about how he is, um, you know, you can basically ignore a large part of the Old Testament and and of the law, and that's how some people deal with the law. Now we don't like it, so we're just going to cross it out. Is that is that how we deal with is that how we deal with it? Well, Paul in this passage here he explains why the law is in the Bible, sort of fitting in with his, his argument. Why was the law given? That's what Paul is talking about in this, in this passage. But he starts out with, what, well, as he puts it, an example from everyday life. He talks about a human covenant. So he says, just as no one can set aside or add to a human covenant that has been duly established, so it is in this case. Now a covenant is... Um, a bit different to a contract. So in these days, in the 21st century Western world, we tend to use contracts. Um, And a contract is a kind of an agreement that you come to with someone else, which you you keep while it's mutually convenient. But a covenant is a bit different. A covenant is a promise. Uh, A covenant is more like, you think about the vows that you make uh, when, when someone gets married. Marriage vows are a covenant, uh, so you can't change those marriage vows can you you can't say to your husband or wife well I promised to love you, you know, for better for worse for richer for poorer but actually you know I've got to change that now because you know for whatever reason uh, you can't sort of back out of it um, and that's, that's the covenant and that's the argument that Paul is making he's saying that God made a promise and he can't simply just change it or back out of it and this promise was given, uh, in verse 16, he says, to Abraham and to his seed. And he makes this point that he said, it doesn't take, say to seeds, plural. He just says to seed, to the, the, the one, the singular. And he says, that refers to Christ. So God made a promise to Abraham way, way back in um, Genesis chapter 12. So the, the birth of the Israelites was in that promise to Abraham. And um, you may remember back that the, the teachers, the Judaizers who had been coming in, had been basically um, confusing people and saying, Well, Abraham's our father, you know, we need to obey all of the law. So this is why Paul goes back to Abraham. He says, God made a promise to Abraham, and the promise came first. And the promise was ultimately of Christ, that was the promise so God made a promise to Abraham and that promise was fulfilled in Jesus Christ and so then he says in verse 17 the law introduced 430 years later does not set aside the covenant previously established by God and thus do away with the promise so the law was a later addition if you like to the To the the promise. The promise came first, and then it was only 400 years. You might remember that um, after Abraham, um, the the people, and we were looking at this in church, weren't weren't we actually, on a Sunday morning, about the story of Joseph going into Egypt, and they were enslaved in Egypt for about 400 years. And uh, the law was only given when they came out of Egypt. So they had all of that time before the law was given. And Paul says the law does not set aside the promise. The law does not set aside the promise. Uh, He says if the inheritance depends on the law, then it no longer depends on the promise. But God in his grace gave it to Abraham through a promise. So the the inheritance, which I think Paul just means the the fulfilment of those promises, um, depends on on the promise, not on the law. Because the promise came first. That was what God gave to Abraham first. So do you remember last week we had this, this um, te- uh, tension. This, it was either the uh, grace or the law. And we're seeing the same thing in this, in this passage here again, aren't we? It's the, the promise on the one hand or the law on the other. And Paul is saying actually it's the promise that it comes through, that the fulfilment comes through, not through the law. So, you might be thinking that, as Paul anticipates here, verse 19, why then was the law given at all? That's a good question, isn't it? That's probably the, the question that you would think as you were reading this. Why bother with the law if, if it's dependent on the promise? What's the point? So Paul said, it was added because of transgressions, Until the seed, to whom the promise referred, had come. So it was only a temporary measure, because of because he says because of transgressions, because of sins, because people were doing the wrong thing. The law had to be given, but it was only a temporary thing. Recently, I had to get my um, my driving license photo card renewed, and I had to drive over to Frinton because Frinton is the closest post office which has that facility. Um, so I had to drive over there and um, they had to have a machine, I had to get my photo taken. And um, uh, after I'd done it all, I had to give, give him my, my old license. And that had to be sent off. And, um, and I didn't have a, a driving license at that point. So she gave me the receipt and said keep that to a temporary driving licence until the new one arrives. So my driving licence was in the post. It was, it was being processed. It came a few days later. But until that point, I had, um, I had a temporary certificate or you know the receipt. And that's a little bit like how it was with, with the law, that until Jesus came, the people were given the law as a sort of temporary uh, measure because of transgressions We'll think more about that in a second. Um, I'm going to skip over these next couple of verses because um, I think it it's um, a little bit complicated. It's apparently one of these verses in Paul, all of Paul's letters, which is very, very difficult to to understand exactly what he means. I think it means that the the um, law was given through a, a mediator. That's Moses, I think and um, the mediator implies more than one party but God is one and I think all that Paul is saying is that it just depends on God and his promises it's not like a contract where you've got two parties involved and that it depends on both parties I think he's just saying no it's only about God and his promises that's who it depends on so um, this next question then again it's another it's another good question is the law, therefore, opposed to the promises of God? Well, that's, a, yeah, that's, that's the question that we wanted to get to, isn't it? God's given the promises, but the law was given as a temporary measure. So how does the law relate to the promise? Is it opposed to the promises of God? And Paul says, absolutely not. If a law had been given, uh, that could in life, and righteousness would certainly have come by the law. So do you remember last week we saw how Paul said no one will be made righteous through the works of the law. No one will be made righteous through obeying the commandments. That's what Paul says. And he says if that could have happened, then it would have done. If the law could have done that, then it would have happened. So why was the law given? What was the point of it? That's what he says here. Scripture has locked up everything Under the control of sin. So that's what he says the law is about. It's a prison. It's a prison. You see, the law accuses us and the law shows us our sin. The law shows us where we are sinners. But what it can't do is give us the power to live rightly. That's the problem with the law. I say the problem, but that that was the point of it. It was meant to show us where we were going wrong. It wasn't meant to give us the power to live in the way that God wanted us to. It was a sort of a a light to shine on us, but not not actually to give us the power to live in God's ways. Why was that? It was so that what was promised, being given through faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe. So that uh, the law was designed to lead us to God's promise to Jesus. That was the point of it. So the law helps us to see our own sinfulness. The law helps us to see where we're going wrong, so we might come to Jesus. If we didn't have the law, we might not know. And that's an argument that Paul makes elsewhere, and we won't go into all of that too much now. But the law was given to show us our sinfulness. That was the point of it. It wasn't so that we could be righteous by obeying it. Do you see that the difference between, between those two things? It's, it's not a means of obeying God. It's just showing us where we go wrong. I don't watch, um, watch the Antics Roadshow so much these days, but um, it would always one of the, the bits on the Antics Roadshow that always intrigued me is when someone would come in and they would bring an object and they had no idea what, it, what its purpose was and maybe they'd been using it as something like, I don't know, a candlestick holder or a um, you Nash know, tray or something like that. And the expert would take a, a look at it and say, oh, this is very interesting. This is I a, a, I don't know, a, a fountain from the 17th century and you use it like this. And they had absolutely no idea how it was actually supposed to be used. I mean, that was the thing, until, until the, the expert told them how it was supposed to be used, they had no idea. And I think that's, that's a bit like how the law is for us. That if God just left us to our own devices, we would have no idea which, what was right. I mean, we'd have some idea because we're made in God's image. But the law kind of puts it in, in black and white, doesn't it? And it gives us a guide as to what is right. But it was, it was never meant to be the way by which we're righteous. It was never meant to be the means by which we are right with God. That was always through Jesus so the law was given in order to bring us to Jesus because only He is the way that we can be, be righteous. we can't be righteous any other way. And so as we finish, I'd just like to leave you thinking uh, thinking about that um, because it, it does change I think how we, we think about the law. Because rather than looking at the law and trying to be obey it and be righteous through it, do we actually reflect on the law and think about how we ourselves don't, don't fulfil what the law asks and come to God and pray for his help through Jesus in, in forgiving us and giving us a new life, a new ability to do do what he wants? It's a very different Um, way of looking at the law isn't it 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 teaches us what God's will is but it doesn't give us the power to live in the right way only Jesus can do that so that's something that I'd like to leave you with to to think about this week how we think about God's law and perhaps using that opportunity to reflect on our own lives in the light of the law but knowing that the strength to obey can only come through Jesus Christ not from ourselves Let's take a moment to pray as we close. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we thank you, Lord, for the promise that you gave to Abraham. And we thank you for the way that you fulfilled that promise in Jesus Christ. And we thank you that although we uh, cannot be righteous by obeying the law, we thank you that you have made a way through Jesus Christ, through faith in him, to be righteous. And we pray that you would help us um, to really grasp that message this day. And that you would help us to to use the law as a a way of seeing our own sin. And a way of uh, coming to Jesus uh, to help us live in your ways more. We pray these things in his name. Amen.